Hello, friends. It's November 5th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we get to read the Old and New Testament scriptures in their given context and highlight important plot points and truths in each passage that helps you put it all together in the light of the Bible's unifying theme. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is a joy to be with you today as we make further progress reading through the Bible. We are in the section known as the Prophets in the Old Testament and reading the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel has been called to speak God's words to his fellow exiles, the people of the covenant who had been taken into captivity in Babylon. They were expecting a quick return to Jerusalem, but Ezekiel is letting them know that the city they left behind, Jerusalem, would be destroyed and that their captivity would be for quite some time. We have already seen how God called Ezekiel not only to speak God's words, but act out prophetic messages. God is the great dramatist and he sometimes employs his truth-tellers in dramatic storytelling. God has used many different ministries and servants to sow the gospel seed. He's used writers to challenge people to think about the claims of Christ. One literature ministry had the slogan, Just a drop of ink can make a million think. The historian Paul Johnson, the author of such books as The History of the Jews and The History of the American People, observed, Those wanting to influence minds have always known that theater is a most powerful way to make the attempt. New Life Fine Arts is committed to bringing to the stage theater you can believe in with the gospel at the core. It is our purpose to bring new life to the classics that have the gospel message embedded in them, as well as stories from the Bible. You can get details and also purchase tickets at our website, newlifefinearts.org. As we pick up our reading from the Old Testament today, we hear the repeated phrase, The word of the Lord came to me. And Ezekiel was faithful to pass on, according to God's instruction, the word that he received. So let's go to Ezekiel chapter 12 and begin today's reading. Ezekiel chapter 12, Judah's Captivity Symbolized. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, who have eyes to see, but see not, who have ears to hear, but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. As for you, son of man, prepare for yourself an exile's baggage, and go into exile by day in their sight. You shall go like an exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand, though they are a rebellious house. You shall bring out your baggage by day in their sight, as baggage for exile, and you shall go out yourself at evening in their sight, as those do who must go into exile. In their sight, dig through the wall, and bring your baggage out through it. In their sight, you shall lift the baggage upon your shoulder and carry it out at dusk. You shall cover your face, that you may not see the land, for I have made you a sign for the house of Israel. And I did as I was commanded. I brought out my baggage by day as baggage for exile, and in the evening I dug through the wall with my own hands. I brought out my baggage at dusk, carrying it on my shoulder in their sight. In the morning the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, This oracle concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are in it. Say, I am a sign for you, 
as I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall go into exile, into captivity. And the prince who is among them shall lift his baggage upon his shoulder at dusk, and shall go out. They shall dig through the wall to bring him out through it. They shall cover his face, that he may not see the land with his eyes. And I will spread my net over him, and he shall be taken in my snare. And I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it, and he shall die there. And I will scatter toward every wind all who are around him, his helpers and all his troops. And I will unsheath the sword after them. And they shall know that I am the Lord, when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them among the countries. But I will let a few of them escape from the sword, from famine and pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the nations where they go, and may know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking, and drink water with trembling and with anxiety. And say to the people of the land, Thus says the Lord God concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel. They shall eat their bread with anxiety and drink water in dismay. In this way her land will be stripped of all it contains on account of the violence of all those who dwell in it. And the inhabited cities shall be laid waste and the land shall become a desolation and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, What is this proverb that you have about the land of Israel, saying, The days grow long and every vision comes to nothing? Tell them, therefore, Thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to this proverb, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, The days are near, and the fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord." I will speak the word that I will speak, and it will be performed. It will no longer be delayed, but in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he sees is for many days from now, and he prophesies of times far off. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord God, None of my words will be delayed any longer, but the word that I speak will be performed, declares the Lord God. Chapter 13. False Prophets Condemned The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying, and say to those who prophesy from their own hearts, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets have been like jackals among ruins, O Israel. You have not gone up into the breaches or built up a wall for the house of Israel that it might stand in battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord, when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect Him to fulfill their word. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination whenever you have said, declares the Lord, although I have not spoken? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have uttered falsehood and seen lying visions, therefore behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who give lying divinations. 
They shall not be in the council of my people, nor be enrolled in the register of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God, precisely because they have misled my people, saying, Peace, when there is no peace, and because, when the people build a wall, these prophets smear it with whitewash. Say to those who smear it with whitewash that it shall fall. There will be a deluge of rain, and you, O great hailstones, will fall, and a stormy wind break out. And when the wall falls, will it not be said to you, Where is the coating with which you smeared it? Therefore thus says the Lord God, I will make a stormy wind break out in my wrath, and there shall be a deluge of rain in my anger, and great hailstones in wrath, to make a full end. And I will break down the wall that you have smeared with whitewash, and bring it down to the ground, so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you shall perish in the midst of it, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus will I spend my wrath upon the wall, and upon those who have smeared it with whitewash. And I will say to you, The wall is no more, nor those who smeared it, the prophets of Israel who prophesied concerning Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for her when there was no peace, declares the Lord. And you, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own hearts. Prophesy against them and say, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the women who sew magic bands upon all wrists and make veils for the heads of persons of every stature in the hunt for souls. Will you hunt down souls belonging to my people and keep your own souls alive? You have profaned me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread, putting to death souls who should not die and keeping alive souls who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against your magic bands with which you hunt the souls like birds, and I will tear them from your arms, and I will let the souls whom you hunt go free, the souls like birds. Your veils also I will tear off and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall be no more in your hand as prey, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Because you have disheartened the righteous falsely, although I have not grieved him, and you have encouraged the wicked, that he should not turn from his evil way to save his life. Therefore you shall no more see false visions nor practice divination. I will deliver my people out of your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Chapter 14 Idolatrous Elders Condemned Then certain of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me, and the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, these men have taken their idols into their hearts and have set the stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces. Should I indeed let myself be consulted by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Any one of the house of Israel who takes his idols into his heart and sets the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and yet comes to the prophet, I the Lord will answer him as he comes with the multitude of his idols that I may lay hold of the hearts of the house of Israel, who are all estranged from me through their idols. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent, and turn away from your idols, and turn away your faces from all your abominations. For any one of the house of Israel, or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who separates himself from me, 
taking his idols into his heart and putting the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and yet comes to a prophet to consult me through him, I, the Lord, will answer him myself, and I will set my face against that man. I will make him a sign and a byword and cut him off from the midst of my people, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet is deceived and speaks a word, I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him, and will destroy him from the midst of my people Israel. And they shall bear their punishment. The punishment of the prophet and the punishment of the inquirer shall be alike, that the house of Israel may no more go astray from me, nor defile themselves any more with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people, and I may be their God declares the Lord God. And this is the end of our reading from our Old Testament passage from the book of Ezekiel. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. It is instructive to note words and phrases that are repeated often in a book of the Bible. We certainly see significant repeated words and phrases in today's reading in the book of Ezekiel. Judah and Israel are regarded by the Lord as rebellious, a rebellious people, and a rebellious house, in chapter 12, verse 2, verse 3, verse 9, and 25. In their rebellion, they are described as violent, idolatrous, and full of detestable practices. Therefore God was bringing a punishment upon them. The desired result? That they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 12, verse 15, verse 16, verse 20, chapter 13, verse 9, verse 14, verse 21, verse 23, and chapter 14, verse 8. Ezekiel is to let the people know that he will be a sign to the house of Israel. He is not only to preach the message, he is to exhibit it. Once again, Ezekiel is directed by the Lord to stage a prophetic drama. You will recall that the first drama, The Siege of the City, in Ezekiel chapter 4, verses 1-17, through 17, was a mime. It was the longest-running show in Babylon, lasting 430 days. Act 1, titled Bearing the Iniquity of Israel, lasted 390 days. Act 2, bearing the iniquity of Judah, lasted 40 days. This first instructive dramatization was followed up with another mime, we might call it hair, not the musical, in which Ezekiel, the sole performer, would cut his hair off completely. Just as a razor shaves away hair from the face and head, so the invading armies would cut away the people from the land. Hair was a sign of consecration to God. The household of Israel and Judah had cast off the covering of God. He then divided his shorn hair, in Ezekiel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, into thirds. Each third will have a different trajectory. A third cast into the fire, a third cast to the wind, a third will fall to the sword. Finally, all three go into the fire. This prophesied that a third would fall to pestilence and famine in the siege, and a third would fall by the sword, and another third would be scattered to all the winds, and the Lord would send the sword after them. In Ezekiel chapter 5, verses 11-12, only a few strands, a small remnant, would be saved in the folds of his skirt, as a picture of the hope for the future. The third drama involved words, as Ezekiel was to prophesy to the mountains. Chapter 6 contains the script. In chapter 12, Ezekiel is given new dramas to perform. The next piece of living theater, the fourth, depicts the deportation to Babylon. Ezekiel is told to stage a drama 
in which he packs his luggage for a long trip in which he will go into exile. Chapter 12, verses 3 to 7. He will pack only the barest essentials for survival, as he is not headed for a luxury cruise, but years in captivity. He packs a skin canteen for water, a mat for sleeping, and perhaps a bowl for food. He was to depart in the night, suggesting a time of spiritual darkness for the nation, carrying his gear. He was instructed to dig through the wall of his house, which was most likely part of the city wall. He was prophetically portraying a God-given provision of an escape from the city for the king. In a siege, Jerusalem would be surrounded by the invading Babylonians. Ezekiel was told to carry his belongings on his shoulder and cover his face so he will not see the land. This prophetically pictured the escape of Zedekiah, the prince. Ezekiel referred to him as the prince because he considered Jehoiakim the legitimate king. The fact that his face was to be covered foretold the truth that he would be blinded and taken to Babylon. He would not see the land that he would be taken to. Some survivors would flee to other countries where the sword would catch up with them and only a small remnant of survivors would remain in Jerusalem. A fifth drama is acted out in chapter 12, verses 17 through 20. It is the drama of the nervous eater. This drama would be accompanied with a verbal explanation. The land will be stripped bare due to the violence and the uncertainty of having any food and drink. They would be forced to eat rations of food and drink, not knowing if they would have any provision for the future. In chapter 12, verses 21 through 28, the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel, and he is told to prophesy against the false proverb, The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. The people discount the warnings of judgment given by the true prophets, and instead they listened to false prosperity preachers who predicted that no judgment was on the horizon. They prophesied, Peace, peace, where there is no peace. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, chapter 8, verse 11, and Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 10. Precisely because they have misled my people, saying, Peace, when there is no peace, and because, when the people build a wall, these prophets smear it with whitewash. Now let's go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour to the New Testament book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. The Priestly Order of Melchizedek For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was, to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi, who received the priestly office, have a commandment in the Lord to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. 
One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Jesus compared to Melchizedek. Now if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belonged to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that tribe Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest, not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life, for it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament book of Hebrews. Jesus maintains our positional righteousness, acceptance, and nearness to God as our great high priest. As we have already seen, Jesus has a greater priesthood than Aaron. Jesus stands apart from all others in that he has the power of an endless, deathless, indestructible life. He is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. The writer underscores Jesus' superiority by pointing out that Aaron was positionally in the loins of Levi and Levi in the loins of Jacob and Jacob in Isaac and Isaac in Abraham when Abraham offered tithes in thanksgiving to Melchizedek. The lesser is blessed by the greater. Not only is Melchizedek greater than Aaron and Levi, he is greater than Abraham. Melchizedek represents the eternal king and priest who rules a kingdom of righteousness and peace. If this is not a Christophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, it is certainly a foreshadowing of Christ and purposed under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to be a representative type of Christ in our understanding. The law required a tenth to be collected and given to the Levites, but Levi was in Abraham when Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek. This was before any law was given. Melchizedek received a once-and-for-all offering from Abraham. The Levites received tithes continually and offered sacrifices that could not put away sin, and they died with their work unfinished. The Levitical priests had a temporal calling without a binding oath, so the priesthood could change as generations failed or died. Jesus' priesthood was made with a binding oath so that it could not be changed. It was perfect. Jesus' superior priesthood endures forever, and he is worthy to be honored as the one who gives the victory. Just as Abraham's offering preceded that which was required in the law, Jesus, as a priest, after the order of Melchizedek, has a priesthood that transcends that which is prescribed in the law. It is unchangeable. It is indestructible. Now let's move on to the Bible's songbook for our reading today from the book of Psalms, Psalm 105, verses 37 through 45. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. 
They asked, and he brought quail, and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. The psalmist continues to praise the Lord for his faithfulness to his people. He brought them out of Egypt laden with silver and gold. He guided them through the wilderness and provided for them miraculously. He caused their enemies to fear them. He gave them the promised land. And he gave them the lands of the nations. And they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Psalm 105, verses 44 through 45. Like the psalmist, we should remember God's faithfulness to us in all the great things he has done. Now for our final stop in our Bible reading tour today, we go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 3. A stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Provocations in human relationships create burdens that are heavy to bear and difficult to put down. It is best to think before you act or speak. Now let's go before the Lord in prayer in the light of what we have learned in our Bible reading. Heavenly Father, in your Son we see the message in the man. He has demonstrated in both his actions and his word the truth about your holiness, the truth about our condition under wrath, and the truth about your gracious provision for our salvation. We thank you for his perfect priesthood and his perfect sacrifice that made our reconciliation possible. Thank you for adopting us and blessing us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We ask that your Holy Spirit bring to our remembrance the great things you have done and that we would boldly proclaim the gospel of our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. I trust that the Lord will continue to speak to us through his word as we continue to meditate upon it throughout the day. We always like to give you an opportunity to stay in contact with us with any questions or comments, prayer requests, or testimonies. You can contact us by writing podcast at newlife.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at One Year Bible Tour Guide. And if you would like to receive a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading, you can go to our website, newlife.org, and you can learn more about our ministries and how you can be a support, newlife.org. Until next time, may you continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit, mindful of God's favor and the riches that we have received in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Shalom. Shalom.